And welcome to another edition of the Satoyo and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance, coming back one more Again, speaking of one more again, let's talk about our download, which is a game that I covered, oh, about a year and a half ago. But I'm revisiting it, one, because it was such an awesome, awesome, not awesome, awesome narrative adventure. But also it is finally dropping on PlayStation as it was published by Xbox and directly in the Game Pass when it came out way back in, I think, June of 2022. And is As Dust Falls. As Dust Falls is an original interactive drama from Interior Nights that explores the strangled or entangled lives of two families across 30 years, starting in 1998 with a robbery gone wrong in small town Arizona. The choices you make have a powerful impact on a character's lives and this uncompromising story of betrayal, sacrifice, and resilience. Now, this is a game that I admit I haven't touched in quite a while but the time i did play it i enjoyed it and it was really fun because it is so optimized for uh phone play playing mobile via the cloud so especially at that point in time when i was on the road a lot more it was a really cool game to pick up on my phone power up the xbox game pass app and play it via cloud play without having a controller so for my PlayStation heads out there, uh, you now get to enjoy this Game Award winning. Uh, I talked about the Game Awards last week, but this won an award in 2022, I think, for like best narrative game or something to that effect. I forget. Uh, but definitely check that out. I believe retail is $29.99. So it is a uh, fairly inexpensive game in comparison to some others that are out there. And it is one that you are going to get hours of enjoyment out of so that's my download redoing as dusk falls now next up we have the interview now the interview is one that i had a lot of fun doing and unfortunately the video didn't come through because our video never came on didn't know that we stopped taping so this is first and foremost an exclusive for the podcast we talk with the lovely Wren of Wren's Red Room over at the head nerds in charge. And I believe at the time of this recording, I've guest spotted on her podcast, her YouTube show three times now. Uh, the third time was more of a redo for this one. Uh, so we delve a lot into uh, why she's on YouTube, why she wanted to have a voice and exploring some other topics we've talked about before on previous podcasts for us love relationships uh polyamory we have a really cool honest and heartfelt discussion so check out my interview with ren of ren's red room well if you've been following me for a while you know i've made a couple guest appearances here and there and most recently i had the pleasure of being a guest not once but twice on this lovely lady show. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, here with Ren of Ren's Red Room over at the Head Nerds in Charge Network. Ren, how are you this evening? I'm lovely. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, I have to say, I love that uh, Pac Man ghost light in the background. Thank you. Thank you. I got to 
keep it nerdy all the time, you know? <laughs> always, always. Now, I wanted to ask you, one of the things I've noticed about your podcast, not that it's not about nothing, but it's a podcast where you very much speak on topical things as well as sort of things that are just a passion of yours. What prompted you to get into, well, doing your own show on YouTube as well as just running with the Heads Nurse and Chart, considering a lot of that content kind of bleeds into some of those areas as well? Well, long story. So originally I was just doing little videos myself on Instagram and Facebook and just talking about everything as in politics or just the drama you see on social media all the time. And I just made videos here and there just to, you know, express my, my frustrations um, on how stupid the internet is to me. <laughs> um, it's always, it's, it's always drama on the internet it's always drama in the world and i just wanted my opinions to go out there because sometimes you see stuff on the internet and you just be like what that doesn't even make sense like what what why would you say something like that so i'm not shy type of person so <laughs> i know you see my instagram i ain't shy right. nothing i speak my mind you know and a lot of people don't like a woman who speaks their mind but we not living in those times. We live in a time where everyone can express themselves freely in any type of way, in any type of platform. So I felt like I needed to put my two cents into things. So Curtis, who is the head of the Head Nerds in Charge Network um, platform podcast, he saw my videos of me just talking. He's like, you like to talk. I said, I do. And he's like, well, you can talk on my my podcast if you like you want to talk on my platform and i told him and eh, i'm not really trying to do this like professionally or right. consistently i just feel like this is making me mad i want to speak my mind about it so he's like okay well if you ever feel like having your own show let me know so i said okay so a couple years down the line from that, um, he brought it up again, you know. So I say, you know what? I'm not doing nothing right now. Um, why not? Let me give it a try. Let's see where it goes. So I tried it and, you know, I loved it. <laughs> so I'm working on it more. This is still new to me in my own, like, type of, this This is a new world for me. Right. Um, good. Yeah, so I'm just all about trying new things, and if I love it, great. If I don't, at least I tried. You know, that's how I feel. Understood. Understood. This this is an interesting world, especially YouTubing and, and I guess I would say broadcasting. It's weird to say broadcasting because it's technically what we are doing. But mm -hmm. you think broadcasting, they could you know CNN, you know like news and broadcast television. But no, essentially what we're doing, we are our broadcasters all right. But kudos to you for stepping up to the plate and seeing where it goes because I don't know about you. I find this is a bit of an outlet, and just talking with you previously, it seems like you find it is a bit of an outlet as well. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely an outlet for me. Um, yeah, so it's like a lot of people, 
like this is what I used to say back in the day when Facebook was just starting to be popular. I noticed um, a lot of people use social media like kind of like a diary. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to we used to have books where we wrote our emotions, our opinions, our two cents, our common sense. We used to have books to write it down. Now, because of we in more of a technical age, everyone's just expressing their feelings all over the media web and you know so it's a good outlet um like i said in my last show that i'm sure the person who invented the internet didn't know it was going to be like this (laughs) but this is what it is um so yeah it's 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 a blessing and a curse at the same time with the internet yeah so um expressing yourself to a broad audience you're going to get some comments you know not some very nice comments because some people's not going to agree with you everybody might not even agree with you but it's still good for you to for my opinion just put it out there even you don't agree with it now because you don't see the vision of where this is going maybe down the line you look back and like you know what that makes sense she he was right she was right you know, now I see in a different glass view. That's what I think about it. Understood. Now, let me ask you this, especially, you know, someone who's raising children. Have you found it or how have me, let me rephrase this question. How have you been able to navigate sort of educating your children and raising them in the pitfalls of social media uh, and I ask this because of my professional career careers um, mm-hmm. over the past 20 years. That is that is something that I have always had to be very cognizant of, but also I've had to teach and educate about. And in my perspective, it seems like people still don't understand the pitfalls of the internet, particularly you talk about people using it as a diary, people putting their information out there you know there's a time and place for everything and it seems as though that that filter is very much non-existent in certain respects and individuals don't understand the repercussions that can have personally and professionally how as you as, as a mother as a professional how have you been able to sort of teach that to those that are coming behind you well, and the mother aspect of it, as a mom, it's all about protection. You know, that's my main priority when it comes to my kid is to protect her from this world. Um, so for me, I'm lucky to have a nerdy child. Like my child's father is nerdy as well. And we was old school. We both was raised old school. So she don't really be on social media i refuse we both refuse and forbid any of that she has a like a parent a parent block on on her phone and she don't get into it she might get into every once in a while um she might sneak and see something but we always monitor we are very involved with our with our kid so it's about protection you know i am the adult I am her mother. She looks on to me for guidance and wisdom and that protection. So I have to do everything in my power to to do my due diligence 
to provide that for her. So I just, we raise our old school, like read a book, play video games like we used to play video games, go outside, play with kids. You know, I, I mean, it's a lost art, which is unfortunate nowadays, but no, I'm not, I'm not about to have my kid on anything. I don't even care if it's um, TikTok. I, no, the, the far as she goes is YouTube. Um, and we even monitor that. You know, I'm lucky to have a kid that's not really interested in all that extra, you know, type of stuff. So, you know, I'm grateful for that. But yeah, I mean, parents just need to be parents. You know, you got to, your, your child, you are your child's first teacher of life. Mm-hmm. So you might not think of that that way because, you know, kids go to school. But regardless, they still come home to you at every day, every night. They still come home to you. You are their first teachers. Okay. Before you get them out into the world, you have to prepare them for the world. You got to teach them like, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But just know I got your back. And that's just how I feel. Right. You put it very well. Thank you. Because I I observe and I watch and not to knock anybody else, there is definitely a lack of teaching, training, and parenting when it comes to children on the internet. Just I think people on the internet in general, I think there is a definite lack of self-control and understanding that the internet is forever. Mm-hmm, yes. And these are things that you know, we'll come back. I literally have not so much nothing's coming back to, to bite me because I've never had an internet presence that way. But my roles in general, a professional speaker, have always had me on the internet. So I have always been cognizant of what is out there with regards to my public image and even as far as like Webster style and other things that I've done. I'm very much cognizant of, of what's presented. Um, sometimes I don't care, uh, just based on the nature of some of the people I, who I'm on interview. But I, I think even in that regard, I, I'm very tasteful in in what I do and, and how I present people. But I think that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, you know that that rant that you had five years ago was on TikTok to went viral. You know that could color you and influence when you go to a job because more and more jobs, especially with sectors you're going to are looking at your social media, they're looking they at your, your fingerprint, digital fingerprint. And mm. I talk about 20 years ago, 20 is almost 20 years ago. Now 20 years ago, I was a college administrator and we were talking about the pitfalls of Facebook and putting things on Facebook and how that can impact these young young individuals when it comes to the job market, especially if they are looking to go into, you know, like things with secret clearance and things of that nature. And this is 20 plus years ago we're talking about that. And that is, that pales in comparison to what people, uh, especially, you know, like millennials, uh, Gen Z, that pales in comparison of what they're putting on online now. So yeah, it, it takes a lot as a parent to really monitor and teach. And I really applaud you on that. Cause I know, I know it's not easy. This world is not easy. It does not make no. it easy to be a parent. 
Right. Not at all. When you are like, I can just imagine when I was a kid, like, um, I, I really was a nerd all my life. So even before social media was even a thing for the internet was even a thing. I was being bullied for just being different, mm-hmm. you know? So I can't imagine. I have seen kids commit suicide for social media bullying um social media presence that they might put out there and it's toxic i don't want my kid on the internet i i I say the internet is toxic environment it's enough toxicity in regular world in your regular life and the internet just 10 times full of that so i'm i forbid my kids to even be on this if she's on it she's definitely not going to be on it around me um because i'm not playing that you know and then she's at the age of teenagerhood so she's going through body changes she's going through all these changes in her life and she don't know what's up and down right now she don't know what's going on you know and she's more self-conscious she's more self-aware of herself and i can't imagine my kid posting something on tiktok saying something trying to be a kid and another kid's like, why you look like that? Why your hair like that? Why your skin like that? Why is this? Why that? And she takes it as people don't like me. People don't love me. People are making fun of me. People are bullying me. Right. And I'm just like, mama bear mode. Like, who's this kid? Where's she at? Where's she at? You know? <laughs> Understood. Understood. So, yeah, I just can't imagine um, parents who really don't believe in that don't even think about that not even aware of how the internet can influence your kid's life right you know so yeah you gotta monitor everything you gotta you know know what they're doing know who they're talking to because you you never know who's who um Mm -hmm. on the internet and much like you said before we grew up in a time where we didn't have all of this and if somebody says something to us, you usually said it to our face what got through to us through uh, another kid. It hurt. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But being online and just have some, I don't know what it is about a nameless, faceless person that could say anything they want about you. I don't know why that is that much more horrifying um, than somebody in person i think simply because it's just like you you're getting on this for fun you're getting on this and enjoy the the bounties of the internet the information exchange to be silly and be goofy and they have some random no name just say something to you it, i guess it's more so it's out of the blue so yeah protection aspect is definitely is definitely something i think we all really need to be more vigilant of vigilant of collectively but i want to shift the tone a little bit one of the things i've noticed about you is that you're an avid gamer tell me about some of your first gaming memories oh my goodness you you bring me back like i, I love video games it's, i just really really i just when i was younger it it was my my zen i guess it was my 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 outlet my hobby back in the day video games video games video games um my earliest memory of my video games are like the playstation one games the i had every game ever invented back in the day like literally i had the nataris i had the joysticks when they just was just a stick and a button you know so um 
I remember Frogger. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's how old I am. The original Mario, when it was just pixelized, you know. So, um, my favorite game from the PlayStation 1 uh, was the Bugs Life game. Mm-hmm. Oh, my <laughs> And yeah, that was my like in the Toy Story one. That was those were my top two on my PlayStation back in the day. Um, nowadays, my favorite game is Island Wake. Like I just love. Okay, yeah. I, see, I'm playing Wake. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a great story. I like video games with a story and a meaning. Makes you think. It's very a psychological game. It's kind of hard. The original wasn't as much hard, but the new right. one now is is like terrifying. Now, question: Did you play the original on the 360, or did you play the original when they re-released it for all other systems a couple of years ago? Both. Okay. Yeah, like I like I said, I used to have every single game back in the day, but moving a lot, I lost a lot of stuff that probably worth thousands of dollars right now. <laughs> Understood. I, I still lament over over my Dreamcast being lost in the move between grad school and all this, and I'm like, oh, it still, still makes me mad about that. <laughs> I still have the Dreamcast. I just don't have the cores to it, <laughs> but I have the system. Well, at least you could find. You should be able to find those online, though. Yeah, yeah. I just keep it. Whole new system. <laughs> right. I just keep it for memorabilia, you know. But yeah, I'm, those are my my favorites. What about you? You you got any favorites currently? Uh it's it's hard because a lot of times I bounce around with making content. I think the game that really got me over the past year, which I need to buy because it's not on Game Pass anymore, is Trek to Yomi. Uh, that's a game I really enjoyed playing, and I have to buy it so i can finish playing through it and beating it i need to get back into also the uh star trek game star trek resurgence which came out i bought that like day one i was mad though because they didn't like i was i literally like the day it came out i was trying to find it to pre-order it beforehand and then day came i'm like oh let me go buy this i wanted to buy a physical copy i was so upset they only released it digitally and Mm -hmm. only now are they doing like limited release physical versions i'm like i'm not buying this game twice right but it's it's literally it's literally like you're playing an episode of like deep space nine or uh next generation it's it's so awesome i just my time has been kind of crazy over the past couple months really sitting down and just getting lost in a game not just playing i I played through some games like i played through uh persona hot tactica just to get some impressions for it for game by twix i put out um it was a cool game not not my speed at all i'm not into tactical rpgs and that that right there just say yeah this is for me uh like a dragon guide in the man who erases name that seems pretty cool and i need to get back into that as well i like that i like that game just playing through when i did and i'm looking forward to getting into it even more especially when i found out that the the game has um emulated versions of uh fighting vipers 2 and daytona usa 2 I was like, and those are two two games that have never come to home consoles. Well, no, Fighting Vipers was on Dreamcast by a second. But Daytona USA 2 has never been on a home console whatsoever. And I'm like, mm. oh, I need to play through this to find this arcade just to play those games. Because Daytona USA is just, that is a game that never goes out of style. I, I bought it originally on my 360, so it carries over to my Xbox One. 
I played it all the time. I played it and man, I mean, I've been playing that game since high school, I think. Then I think about it, it's been out, it came out that long. It came out when I was in high school. And it's just one of those racing games that, that was like peak Sega when mm-hmm. they were like that arcade greatness where they could literally put out an arcade game and you would never be disappointed with the release which is it's so fun and even with the home console translation because i've been playing it on home console i had it on my dreamcast and bought it again on the 360 and been playing it ever since then and whenever i upgrade to a series system i'll play it on that since it's backwards compatible but the, the, that's a game that I, I love playing I, I, it's weird i brought up the dreamcast and i keep going back to all my dreamcast games i like i'll go in and play um Daytona, I'll go in and play Bass Pissing is one that I still have. I bought on my Xbox back in the day and I play those all the time. Those are my comfort games. If I just want to play something just to get in, get out, and enjoy myself, I'll, I'll put one of those two games in just because it's just so fun and that enjoyment never goes away. It's something about those old school arcade titles that when they were ported right, it would just, like, you can stop playing them. You know, you took right. out the whole quarter munching options for it and just just to play through it and just how fun it was yeah but i haven't been playing anything else that's really intensive uh just because like i said i don't really sit down and have much time right no i I completely right completely understand like yeah i feel the same way that's why i just been constantly playing on the week because it's like i know like what to do Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not as intense because we're adults now. You know, we got kids, we got food to cook, like bills mm-hmm. to pay. We got uh, like thousands of other things to do. Yes. We ain't kids no more. Like when we had no responsibilities, no, 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 nothing to do but sit there and just play games all day. So, yeah, <clears throat> whatever I'm playing now, I really have to be like invested into it. Mm-hmm. For me to really buy it, especially now when it's like it, the games are going up now, it's more yes. expensive, and then most things are downloadable now. So it's just like I really gotta be invested into it for me to really like. All right, I'm about to buy a new game and I'm about to sit here and play it. You know, that's the way I feel. That's one of the reasons why I like the subscription services, like because I do Game Pass on the Xbox and. Um, if you listen to my podcast, ladies and gentlemen, you know that I don't pay for it. <laughs> um, so I, uh, yeah. So basically, uh, those who don't know, Microsoft has those Microsoft Rewards program, and you collect points by going through Bing and and doing all the tasks, and then there are quests and stuff on your Xbox. I just make sure I'm on there every day and rack up my points. So I use those points every month and cash in for for Game Pass for free Game oh. Pass Ultimate. Nice. So I'm just like. Um, if I was paying for it, it still would be worth it, in my opinion. But yeah, it's. I think it's it's a big investment now, especially as they. This is okay. I have a couple issues about the game games industry. One, digital, not just to mm-hmm. switch to digital. The fact that even if you buy a disc, you're still downloading the damn game. The, the right. disc only acts as a key. I, I really, I really hate that. What's the point of buying it? Two, the fact that they are increasing the prices of the games to seventy dollars mm-hmm. in many respects. But they cost, they're getting more money per game compared to when they were shipping a physical copy into a store. Mm-hmm. Like even beforehand, like, okay, you don't, you're, you're literally saving, they're probably saving about 10 bucks per game with, sh- with shipping, with creating the disc, packaging, 
shipping it out. And they also, mm -hmm. they cut out a middleman as far as um, our retailers, like a Walmart. Right. Right so Walmart, they may get a couple bucks off of it. So right. you're probably saving $10 per game, especially if it's a AAA game. So you'll, you're saving $10 a game because you're now delivering it directly to us. And then you increase the price of the game by 10 bucks. Mm. And if it's a first party game, there is no, what, 70-30 split for a published game on their store. Like, they're taking all that, all that money to come in. So for me, I'm thinking, why are you charging me more? But you're already making more per game, especially mm. with this digital shift. And that's what I don't like. And then the third thing is that you buy these games, but your system still has to be online because it has to check to see if the game is registered to you. I'm like, it's on my damn system. Why right. wouldn't it be mine? How right. could I not be playing if I didn't download? So those sort of things are really, they really irk me. And mm. I am fearful of not this generation since we really just started, but maybe the next generation what will happen to say your ps4 your xbox your you know xbox one what happens to those games then when it comes to being online because some sometime those stores are going to shut down well maybe right. xbox, but those stores are going to shut down right if there's nothing to check that authentication anymore what happens to those games in those systems since you know we literally switched to entirely digital platforms of distribution uh, so yeah. those are big fears that I have as far as the gaming industry. And even though a lot of things are being more and more pro-consumer, it's just who owns everything. Because I don't know if you saw the news this week uh, with Sony and the PlayStation and how, and this isn't the first time, it's just some reason it, it made headlines with Discovery. Pretty much they didn't renew the license for video content um, on the platform. So all of the content that was discovery owned is now leaving playstation even if you bought it so you bought these things x y years ago mm. and now you're losing everything that you bought so we are literally entering oh into, wow yeah so we're literally entering into a system where we're, we're not even own these things once we buy them it's like a a limited license until the license holder say we can't have it anymore and this is one of the things that scared me like this whole issue so i booted up Gotham Knights on Game Pass when it came out. Mm -hmm. So I'm reading the terms and conditions because there are a lot of terms and conditions. And it explicitly states you, you do not own this game. Are you you have a license to it. Yes. Oh, was, wow. This is where we're going. And mind you, I'm playing through Game Pass, so it may be slightly different. But mm -hmm. something tells me if I actually bought it, it would probably say the same thing. Mm. And the fact that this is where we're going to as far as gaming is concerned, it's it's scary because I like having options. I, I, want, I don't mind buying things. I don't mind just subscription services, uh, you know, even cloud play. I like having options, but we're shifting to a model where, okay, we're all digital. Okay, fine. But the, you to tell me I buy this game and I'm literally buying a license. I'm not like this. I don't have a this digital file. I don't mm -hmm. own it. I just have a license to it. Whether it's perpetual license, I have a license. And you as a license holder can terminate that license at any time. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, listen, I went shopping on Black Friday. And... What I used to do all the time is go to GameStop. 
you know to because i'm old school so i'm going into the store to buy a game and this is black friday i went like early in the morning to go in there i go in there it's no one there complete ghost town in this mm-hmm. GameStop, and i'm looking around like um are y'all open yeah we open and it's like where is everybody this is everybody it was just the employees and i'm like i remember when it was lines around the corner to mm-hmm. get into gamestop i remember when people was excited for new releases i remember when black friday is like i can get 50 percent off when video games right. and merchandise and and no one was in there but me mm-hmm. that speaks in volumes yeah of, it really does of where we going with like things like that as small as a video game um and yeah for shoot most people don't even own their houses you know that they actually pay mortgage on so it's just a sad in this world we live in that the top dogs get to dictate what we get to do with our with our own money with our own right. hard work and money that we put blood sweat and tears in we don't own it we don't even own the money that we pay, like work for right. you know the government owns it because they take out the taxes or the bank owns it because they want to take their little percentage of your own money that you earned and you worked hard for so it's it's sad that the world we go in like the world we live in really just sees us as like worker bees or or little ants just working for the queen or something it's it's sad you know i every day i think about when is people going to speak up loudly and just be like i ain't gonna do this no more like i'm just tired when is everybody gonna just be tired and just be like what what are we doing what what who do I need to talk to because the government's supposed to work for me, but it seems like I'm working for the government. <laughs> it's sad. It, it really is. Yeah. It's messed up. No, you're right though. The even that whole process is very indicative of the landscape changing in in some respects. Yes, it is consumer driven, but in many respects it's dictated by the larger corporations and how things are going to go. And, you know, I remember I, I didn't stand in line for too many games back in the day, but I distinctly remember a midnight launch for Halo two. And I was uh, in school down on the Eastern shore at the time. So it was grad school and we're in the Salisbury mall and Halo two launched the same day as half-life two. So that long was out the GameStop, down through the mall, I do, and we're excited. I think some DS games came out too. I think that wasn't DS. It was a Game Boy Advance at the time. And there were games that came out and, and just people were excited mm-hmm. about a game release. And it was such a, it was such a community um, mm-hmm. at that time. It was so cool. And what reminded me of that because uh, what Half-Life, the original game, just so it's 25th anniversary, which is really crazy to think that was 25 years ago. And that's not a game I got into at all. But it was something that I downloaded last week on Steam because it was 99 cent and free. And that it just reminds me of those times that just don't exist anymore of really getting around. Like it's like we have events and so on and so forth, but that sort of 
collective community we had at a GameStop or a Suncoast video at those things just don't exist anymore. And it's kind of sad with the digital landscape that we are now very much isolated. Like even going to Walmart back in the day, like you go and you see people talking about games or looking at games and you just, you know, have a casual conversation. You don't even really have that anymore. Right. I mean, it, it just seems like that speaks volumes. Like we don't even have common courtesy anymore. Yeah. Honestly, it's like a lot of things are just being outdated. And it's just like, dang, I just turned 30. It's like, I ain't that old. But it feels like when I talk to my kid, she humbles me real quick. Reminds me I'm old as hell. Like, <laughs> I feel you. I understand. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah. times have definitely changed. And society's moved on again in, in some ways good and in some ways bad. And let's let me switch a little bit to some topics that we talked about, especially since just coming off of uh, going to Exotica DC and having many interesting uh, conversations. One of the things that you have you've had on your platform is just really having honest conversations about people. And I'll say in different lifestyles, because I feel like the lifestyle is such an overall umbrella, and, I, and it's based, especially based on what I've learned, whom I've talked to over the past couple weeks or so i wouldn't say it adequately explains everybody everybody's doing something a bit different so for me in my opinion just say it's the lifestyle is is kind of an overarching umbrella but these are people who are seeking or have different relationships outside of the norm i don't want to say that because i feel like it's disrespectful outside of the traditional sort of yes. cookie cutter what uh what relationships are supposed to be like what has drawn you to to that oh well a lot of people assume that i was already in the lifestyle and i didn't even know it even existed until recently too so people assume because like i like the model i like to dress mm -hmm. up i like lingerie i like feeling pretty and looking sexy mm -hmm. so they assume like oh so you were part of this you were part of that i'm like right. no because most of the time i'm by myself so it's like i didn't think much of it you know so i it made me from my friend my, my friends are in the lifestyle they actually call it a lifestyle you know so i'm like I don't know what that is. And instead of me assuming, I want to educate myself. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I went to Exotica. I was invited by my friend, Lisa, who we interviewed together. And I sat there and just watched and see different people's relationships, different people's sexual terms, different people's preferences, different people's pronouns. So I really wanted to get information. The best way to get to information is dive right in, you know, and actually observe it. So that's what I did. Um, but yeah, it is an umbrella. It is it is a wide umbrella because it's not traditional, and people and it still to me don't make full complete sense. But it just depends on the person. You know, it literally just depends on a person because each person has their own terms, right. their own assumptions of what it is, and their own idea of what it is. Right. So just, that's really how I've seen it full force it, with my own two eyes of what it is, is actually it. So, 
Yeah, understood. I, I, I don't, and you probably can speak to, to the same. I am coming across more and more people who are living lifestyle, like just, and it kind of just hits you out of blue in casual conversations. Like, oh, really? Like, literally, I, I met up with a colleague that I've worked with online plenty of times over the past year or so. And we're talking and he's just like, yeah, I'm going out with my girlfriend later. I'm saying, I mean, I mean, mind you, he's good and married. <laughs> and, 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 and I know he saw my face was like the wheels were turning. <laughs> and then, no, so-and-so, his wife, oh, she's out with her boyfriends or whatever. I'm like, oh, and then oh. it's like, oh, okay. And then again, not passing judgment. It was just a, I didn't know. <laughs> I, I mean, they bold. They bold to even just be saying it like that. Like it's like like it's 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 hard to say normal, but you would normal conversation. Your normal is different from my normal. A, a, your conversations on a regular basis don't go that way. Like, yeah, I'm about to go home to my husband, and my boyfriend. People be looking at you like, what? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Are you about to go home to who? <laughs> right. And this is this is someone who like I've talked to. You. Like during the course of when we do our stuff, uh, and so there's like a bit of personal stuff, but I've never been like, you know. So tell me about how y'all got together. Like I don't, I don't know his background like that. So that was just like, that was just it surprised me yeah. um, <laughs> because I had and again, and I think about social media posts. I'm like, I do remember like, oh, I do remember one time they they posted something about so and so girlfriends, yada yada. But you know, when I hear the term girlfriends or girlfriend, mm -hmm. I don't think girlfriend. I think, oh, that's my girl and that's a friend. <laughs> Especially when it was in relation to the spouse. Right. I was like, oh, or or I think it was our girlfriends. I think it's what the term was on one of the oh, posts. Wow. I think about it. And I was like, I, I, I didn't think that. I didn't think that, oh, it's that kind of party. It was like, and again, right. there's nothing. It's just that I did not see that coming. Mm. So I was like, oh, yeah. okay. So I say that to say that's someone who I've literally worked with for probably the past year or so. And it's just like, oh, okay. And I just seem to meet more and more people who are in the lifestyle and I never knew and I find that really fascinating and I'm talking and I'm talking about outside of people who I meet and talk to because of <laughs> 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 just to just like oh okay interesting and, and even yeah. conversations that I I have with with friends and we have these conversations and, and some people, one, one old friend was like, yeah, her and her ex, they were like, they were in sort of a poly relationship kind of sort of, it's just like, and it's just, it's interesting how that conversation comes up, seems like it comes up mm. more and more nowadays, especially I will say with your age group maybe your age group yeah. a little bit younger because I'm, I'm 45 <clears throat> um and mm -hmm. so everybody who i've seen like even my friend i'm talking about she's 10 years younger than me but everybody i see that not saying as the only people but everybody i see that aren't say in the industry so to speak that i've i've seen talk about this um have been in that 35 and under age group so i find it very fascinating how 
for whatever reasons, people are there seem to be more and more people redefining what a relationship is for them, whether it's you know, for whatever reasons, people reasons are that's what their reasons are. But well, I, 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 can, I, I know really the reason. I, I know the reason. My the opinion reason? of the reason. Okay. <sighs> the younger generation don't have um, traditional structure that we used to have back in the day. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, everything was so cookie cut. This is mm-hmm. what it is. A boy is a boy, a girl is a girl. This is going to be your husband. This is going to be your wife. There's no girlfriend. There's no just shacking up. There's no, oh, this is a situationship. This is, it was none of that. It was literally, we are going to, if you slept with a person, that's my boo. That's my boo thing. That's my babe. Now you sleep in a person, it's like, oh, we was just friends. It's like, I'm your friend. I right. shared my body with you, and we're just friends. We're friends right. you got. Right. So, I, I never had no friends like that. Yeah, and I keep telling people, if you sleeping with me, we're not friends. Period. Is that I don't. I that's not friendship to me. If mm-hmm. you sleep with me, you like me. Period. I don't care if you trying to cover your feelings. I don't give a fuck about your feelings. But. <laughs> But we just, this generation is just so YOLO. We do anything and everything we feel like it without thinking twice. And that's just what it is. So with the poly and the lifestyle type of thing, it's like a lot of people are hurt. A lot of people Mm. are damaged. A lot of people are not healed. And a lot of people don't have a structure as this is what it is and this is what it isn't so from what i've seen from my experience poly relationships or lifestyle people are more as they say explorers they want something because even if he's saying this is my girlfriend that's just a side chick with a title it's still especially if you married it's still right. a side chick with a title because she's just a thing to you at this current moment. Right. Now, depending on how the level is, most of the time it don't work out the girlfriend or it don't work out with the wife, you know, because we can't pretend we don't have feelings. We right. can't keep right. pretending right. we don't have feelings and we're not human beings. Like we don't get jealous. Like we don't fall in love. Like we just, we're not, we're robots. Or something right so people who are doing poly is literally just like i want to feel that rush that i used to feel when i first started dating i want to feel that intimacy that newness when mm-hmm. like, it's like a drug it's like oh this this feels good to me this is like i need this high but like every high of a drug at it it comes down eventually and then you go try to find something else to give you that high again so it's just this is why they used to term back in the day sex addiction because this is addiction in some form of fashion it's just a it's a certain thing you just calling it you just redefining it you right. know like everybody else is just trying to redefine because i never heard of a lifestyle in my life like i said this is just new to me that people put in the terms of just 
sleeping around or just having fun or just doing things casually. I never knew it was a term for it until recently. And right. now they tr making it a term for it. Right. So that's yeah. my opinion thoughts on it. I have similar opinions and, and this is this is not an indictment of anything. This is just an observation of people. People have emotions. And when you involve people and you are intimate with them, emotions get involved regardless if you want them to or not. And emotions cause problems. And the more people you involve in that sort of circumstance, the more, the, the higher your probability of having issues. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way. Now, look, I'm not saying people don't make it work for them because people do. I mean, that sort of thing is not new. Um, it has been around forever. In many respects, maybe in different parameters, but it's been around forever. So people I never seen it work. I've been no. to a whole party at Exotica with different people in different relationships and different terms of their relationship. I've seen married people, single people, poly people, lesbians, gays. I've seen it all at this party because and I wanted to be educated. So I asked questions to find out what is your what's going on here and most of the time if it's a poly relation my opinion only because i'm sure people make it work i'm sure they do i just never seen it right it works for the time it works until it don't work no more right because people, yes. people are human people get i i literally there is a uh content creator who i follow and again i didn't follow her because i didn't know anything about her lifestyle but she's put it out there online and i remember one post specifically where she was in her feelings upset that basically she was having issues either with partners or having partners mm -hmm. yeah her husband was having no problems so she was feeling jealous because he was having all the success and she wasn't. I believe the whole poly thing was her idea, if I remember some of her posts correctly. And I found So she's really, bisexual? I, I don't know. I think no, she's only deals with men to what I understand, based on her post and what I remember. Okay. Uh, so I just I found that very interesting. And mm. it's like, okay, this is just these are sort of things I don't need in my life. <laughs> like this sort of of look to each their own, and I'll not. And look as a observer, it is fascinating um, human dynamic relationships and how people explore them. It's fascinating to me as a as an onlooker. But y'all continue to do y'all. I will continue to watch and seek to understand and go back to my life and say yeah that's no, too much drama for me i can't do it i got enough it drama is, for a person <laughs> it, listen imagine your wife and her emotions that she goes through with just you so now you want to double that that's that's the way i feel so most of the time it's literally just people having fun and people experimenting and people exploring. That's just what it is. That's why I, I call it a high because mm -hmm. it's, it's you constantly getting that new reaction when you meet a person, you get that right. new emotion. Every time you meet a person, it's, it's just that high 
that you're feeling like when you first if i saw the man i had a crush on just approach me i'm gonna feel special i'm gonna feel tingly i'm gonna be like what i'm gonna say what i'm gonna do what i'm gonna you know and people just love that part of it like right. the new the newness like oh this is a new situation this is a new feeling this is a new body this is a new everything just new and they just keep finding new i never seen no one really be like we going long term with it i never seen for okay and this is why this is american version of poly and polygamy and polyamory because there's other cultures that do this they have right. multiple wives but usually it's a man who's rich with right. multiple wives living even in that one house or brought each wife a different house to live in that's how its origination of it was and that's how it worked out because it was more rules to it it was more structure to it like you want to be taken care of as a wife i need you to do this and they agreed upon to whatever this was and that's how they had the multiple wives because everyone knew their place they had their own workers and they that's just how it was in america one man is paying for five different houses <laughs> two different Look, houses for two different women unless you rich rich <laughs> so i'm trying to do it on tv and ain't none of them together anymore so you know right but no i, I agree with you i think in that context and that's where like i understand why that works as someone who's being been married 16 years I understand the concept of multiple wives. I understand why that works because there's a structure there. Right. There is a, a support there. There is, and, and, and I don't know how I can put this because I don't want to come off as too much chauvinistic, but in many respects, what I've learned is if many women, if they are being taken care of, they have no issue sharing. <laughs> right. And as a woman, I 1000% agree with you. Listen, and, and I love you saying that because I'm about to be real, real with you right now. Because women always say, I will leave a man if he cheats on me. Right? Mm -hmm. He's been cheating for five months straight. You still sitting there. So most of the time, if a woman, women want two things. Provide, protect. That's what majority of women want. If you can provide for me, housing, lights, food, clothing, whatever it is you can provide for me, I'm with you. Protection, protect my heart, protect my well-being, protect my surroundings, protect me. Act like you care about me a little bit, right. you know? Act like you care about my well-being. Right. That's, we all yours. We all right. yours. We, we... I know men's eyes is going to wander because y'all are visual creatures. I already know that. All I ask is you be respectful. And right. as long as you providing and protecting, I'm more 100% with it. 
But once you stop doing that, oh, you got me after. <laughs> yeah, yeah agree. And I agree. And I think that's why those sort of relationships worked for those individuals because they went into it understanding the dynamic and what was supposed to be. It wasn't the freewheeling or freeballing uh, sort of experience that we have now, you know, deemed polygamy and being poly and having them. Again, I don't want anybody to take this as, oh, I'm not going to, because I'm not. That's not my lifestyle. It's not my life. I have no idea. And I'm not saying it doesn't fulfill you, don't get what you need, it doesn't do whatever it is in your relationship. I'm not here to say that because I don't know. However, I'm just looking at it as, okay, I understand why when we think of uh, polygamy, specifically, not so much polyandry. um, And yes, there are instances historically where there have been polyandry where you have one woman with many husbands. Mm -hmm. But Traditionally, when you think of polyandry, it's really one man, multiple women, and those women, you know, taking care of them. And that's indicative of of really how we we operate as human beings. And that even goes back to biology. And, and the the natural world, and that's male and female dynamics. One of the things I always say, um, case in point, elephant seals. Elephant seals, went, I always documented as I was a kid. So they fight, and the bull who wins gets to impregnate all of the females. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's, that's how that works. But let me ask you one more question, and then we're going to wrap this up, because I know we both got a lot of things to get back to. So yeah. what are your favorite fragrances? Well, right now it's Fenty. I, Rihanna's perfume. Right, it's just as soon as I walked into the store and I I saw it, because if you don't know, a lot of people used to say Rihanna smelled wonderful. Right, like every party she went to, every place she went to events, people were like, "What's that smell? You smell so good." So because of that, she created a fragrance to i don't know if it was from what she made herself whatever mm-hmm. but she made her own fragrance from people just saying she smells so good and this was years ago i just recently bought it and i walked into that store and i saw it and i'm like let me see what the hype's about just sprayed a little bit on me and i'm like oh my god love it smells so good i don't even know what she put in it i just didn't care i'm about to buy that whole bottle like <laughs> It's, it smells divine. I, I don't even know how to describe the scent. It's just like, I'm wearing it right now, actually. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. Um, it's like, um, I don't know. I describe it as sex because it just smells so good. I want some hey. more. <laughs> hey, it means it's doing its job. But yes. when- we're going to uh, let you go. Tell everybody where they can find you. Thanks. Um, well, I'm Ren from Red, Ren's Red Room. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, silly underscore weaver. I model. I put up clips all the time. Um, I travel, too. I'm a truck driver as well. So there's always something new that you can see on my Instagram. And I'm always uploading a clip. 
You can also watch any of my shows on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Again, it's Ren's Red Room on the HNIC network, which is Head Nerds in Charge network slash platform thing. So, yeah, follow me, inbox me, guys, and hope to see you there. Thank you much, Ren. Everybody, take care. Follow her. Check her out. Check out our podcast, Webster Style. See you later. Like I said, it was a great conversation and a long one. So I'm going to end that right here. Make sure you find me all around and support when you can. It's really appreciated. Uh, Basil and Sage, use the code Sartorio and Geek 10 for 10 off your first purchase. I become a patron at the one, three, and five dollar tiers over at patreon.com. I uh, use the link below for 10 off your purchase on at Pete and Pedro.com. Uh, Again, they have hella sales going on right now so definitely get your money's worth in addition get another 10 percent off also try out w get 10 percent off your first purchase of the energy drink by using the code webster's man or the link in the show notes and uh get 10 percent off my favorite coffee brand of the moment uh el viejo coffee use the code webster style 10 for 10 percent off your first purchase at check out uh you can find me all around the web you can find me talking gaming every week my man brian Seth over nerd through the world on the nlw checkpoint talking wrestling with the legend korea piano voiceover king sean mongold over kfab baby the nrw ring generals of course social media instagram find me at Satorian geek and webster style twitter webster style and tiktok underscore webster style of course anything and everything can be found at webstyle.com drop me an email info at webstylemagazine.com and again 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 but again thank you for your time thank you for your listening here and remember stay safe out there and be blessed Tree Green Tuesday had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be White Wednesday. Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't. Wear, oh, I miss million them heels killing them, but I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels, looking sharp. Bay acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday? Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the risk game for it. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match the very corset. Smoking hot, rocking this pen so thin. Tie hairline, looking like a stencil pen. No lie, I'm sharper than a utensil. And stroke, mental, plain dang, homie. I was hoping we could walk out with that bang, bang, honey. See them plain James, honey. Them lame friends, honey. We tell it, fit it crazy like that thing came on me. Hey, mommy, look a lady, main thing. Want me on the
the scene Fit popping like a main vein Running blood color lips Smashing with the hand Clutch money holding back Kinda funny Can you tell me what's the price I got the Range Rover Hang on me When we walking Looking Gucci like that thing sprayed on me Walking with a limp Like an ankle sprang on me Yeah I rocked the cardigan She don't really want me Because One man should have all that style Take it out Take it off, clothes on the floor, pal. And no one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes. Oh, you wanna see? Oh, I completely read that wrong.